Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hey guys, today we're speaking with Lee Capon, the CEO and founder of Suridata AI. Lee is based in Tel Aviv, in Israel, and in this episode, we hear how growing up in Israel shaped Lee to become the fearless founder that she is today. From channeling the Israeli chutzpah, if you will, to Lee's advice on the essential steps for getting VC funding and finding the right VC for your company, there are many great takeaways from our conversation that will be food for thought for your business. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Lee. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? So good. And you are calling in from far away. So why don't you let everybody know where you are? Yeah, sure. So I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, It's um, after midnight, half past midnight now. Um, Just the kind of the middle of our day, you know. We're working 24-7, so it's kind of the middle. <laughs> and um, yeah, oh calling from Israel. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't believe you're calling at half midnight. If, if it, that was me, I'd be just completely asleep and just can't function. I'm, I'm a morning person. <laughs> completely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I wish I had the opportunity to choose between the morning and the evening, so... <laughs> Oh, well, how many coffees do you drink a day? Can I ask you that? Um, between seven to nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it sounds like my life. <laughs> and I only, it sounds like my life while I'm in my third trimester of pregnancy. <laughs> Just trying to hang on. Um, how good. Okay, well, you have uh, quite an interesting business. Um, and we want to know everything about you. So share as much as you'd like to share. How, what is your background and how did you become the woman you are today? Sure, sure. So I'm Lee. I was Lee Goda. Now I'm Lee Capone. Uh, it's too much to have two last names, so I decided to pick one. Um, <laughs> I was born and raised in the north of Israel. Um, but I think that the past 10 years I've been living in the center of Israel, Tel Aviv, where where everything happens, basically. Um, I have three little sisters. I'm married to Amit. Yes. Oh, feel feel free to stop me whenever you feel like. No, no, no. Keep going. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You asked how how I started and through data and everything. But I think that ever since I remember myself, I always wanted to, to kind of make things better. I felt like I can do things better. And over the years, I just figured out that I'm having this entrepreneurship thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a name for it, right? But I think it just got, I was born with it. It's kind of a, something that you always want to do better and you think that you can do better. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't have the possibility to do that. And you don't care about anything else except from what you're trying to achieve and what you want to solve. And um, 
do you want me to share a little bit about my background, how I started yeah. Renata? Or... Yeah, absolutely. Did you go into the, the military? Isn't that required in Israel? Yep, it is a duty. I was an officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I served for uh, three years. Um, actually, the Air Force um, at the headquarters um, in a technology unit. Um, and yeah, yeah. I did it like everyone else. <laughs> how, do you, how did that make you feel? In Israel. Did you enjoy it or could you not wait to get out and do your own thing? Actually, I loved it. I think that it's kind of experience that, you know, it's something that all Israelis um, do. Um, and I think it brings us the unique culture. Uh, we're probably going to talk about Israel and the startup nation. And mm-hmm. I think the army is a, is a major part, is a huge part of our lives. And you've probably, I'm not sure if you've heard, but uh, I think that uh, the intelligence force in Israel and the A200 unit is one of the famous units that many startups start. Um, you know, graduate people that served in this unit, um, I think that there was like an article actually in Israel a few days ago that elaborates on how many entrepreneurs started from this unit specifically. Really? So um, I think there there are around yeah there are around six thousand startups in Israel. Um, really big amount comparing compared to to the population here. We're yeah. all, only eight million. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you've you've not asked about the number of accelerators. I think it's even uh it's even higher, higher rate. It's around 80 accelerators, I think. Oh my gosh. Um it's just growing. <laughs> yeah. It's really the startup nation. Everyone, everyone here um think about high tech, the ecosystem and I think that the army and uh, this background, it's something that really uh, give us a, a real booth to start it. That's so cool. And then, so you left the army and then you've had some quite, like you've worked at some impressive companies. Um, you were an innovation consultant at Deloitte and then you also worked at EY. Um, how was it working in those big corporations? What were like the biggest lessons that you felt you learned from them? Wow. <laughs> uh, for, for entrepreneurs, working in corporates is really a huge challenge. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a different culture. And I, I kind of, I was an entrepreneur in, in Deloitte for my last role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my role was to bring in new technologies to the firm across the globe. Uh, really a challenge, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, bring some innovation to uh, process that people uh, have been doing the same for the past 20 years, yeah. uh, mostly manual. Uh, and you talk to them about NLP and machine learning and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Yes, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but um, I think we we made great things there. Um, and I think uh, uh, working in corporate it's it's really something that is super important for entrepreneurs because for me, um, especially, we're selling to B two B enterprises uh, and understanding how the pro- the internal processes. Uh, uh, work in such uh, organizations uh, is something mm. that um, made me understand how to to make better the sale process and how to reach the right people. Mm. And um, gotcha. that that was a good stop. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, totally. Because those processes are so like kind of whittled down to to be the best and most efficient possible. So it's a good starting point. But then, yeah, I, I completely agree that you'd mm-hmm. feel stifled and like you can't like truly be yourself. Because when you have too much process, sometimes that that kind of stops innovation and stops efficiency in some ways as well yeah it's way easier to be a party of one or two Mm. than it is to be even like a party of six yeah Mm -hmm. trying to work together it's um it's Mm -hmm. you know let alone like sixty thousand or however how many other people work for yeah (laughs) but collaboration and and all of these things and the business (laughs) lessons you learn are are super valuable even if you are an entrepreneur yeah Okay, so do you want to introduce mm-hmm. Surrey Data and what the need was for it in the market? How you kind of came to the idea of starting this business? Yeah, sure. So Surrey Data was founded um, in order to solve the lack of data visibility, which is a growing pain from what we saw in the in the market. Um, I think that everyone knows that data is at the heart of enterprises, right? And mm-hmm. and the trend of ex of expanding to cloud and SaaS applications and working from home now, which will only increase in the coming years, um, cause losing control over the organization's data, especially for the security teams. Um, we know that their mission is to protect sensitive information um, and, it can't, and it became a real challenge doing so. So they can't tell which data resides where and who can access it. And they can't effectively control and protect the sensitive data, which actually needs protection. Um, this is why we started to data. Taking innovative technology named NLP, mm-hmm. Natural Language Processing, that made huge progress in the academic world in the past two years. And we're implementing it in the security world. Wow. Yeah, it's really changed the way sensitive data is being discovered. So, so how does that work? That's, so, that's so really fast. <laughs> for me, so when we talk about like data and security, I know what those things are, but it all, always seems so abstract to me. Like I can't, I need like a real life example. So could you, like if you're a business, <laughs> mm-hmm. can you like put it in like layman's terms for me? So you're like, give what me a What is business. a product that you'd sell a company and, and how would it, yeah, like, how would it work? How does the NLP work with their data? Mm-hmm. Sure. So imagine that you are an insurance company mm-hmm. and you store um, medical records about your customers and you want to make sure that it won't leak, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the consequences are no, right? No one wants his medical records to be exposed. There are uh, regulations and private uh, uh, restrictions. And we, the, the insurance company wants to make sure that the data is protected. Mm-hmm. And only authorized people can see it. And the first step is to understand where this data resides. And today, the security team in the organization doesn't have the ability to do so because think that these medical records can be stored on a local server mm-hmm. or in the cloud or on both of them or on someone's laptop. And if you won't have the visibility, if you won't understand where the medical records resides, you won't have the possibility to protect it. So what we do in Surrey Data is we install the system at the customer side, at the insurance company side. We connect it to all their data sources, every place that a data can be stored. We scan it, we extract the text, and we analyze it using the NLP algorithms. The NLP algorithms reads the text same as a human being would have read it. 
So uh, think about you reading a document. Mm -hmm. You probably will understand that it's a sensitive information, right? Mm -hmm. That it talks about radical records. This is the capabilities that the NLP brings, uh, the artificial intelligence. So that, that's what we do. We read the text, we see that this is a medical record, and we alert them when we see there is a violation on this data, and we label it to make sure that this data won't leak from the organization. Mm -hmm. If an employee is trying to send an email containing this type of medical records, we, we will make sure that it won't leave the organization. This mail won't go out because we found out that there is a medical record there. And wow. it's forbidden according to the internal policies. That is such mm -hmm. important work right now. Yeah, I think that the, the advantage is the, the NLP can do that accurately with minimal human involvement. So uh, that, that's, the, that's really what is innovative about the solution, that almost no manual work is needed. And it's done auto, almost automatically uh, within a matter of uh, weeks. That's amazing. So, like this is such like a complex problem as well that you've you've got this amazing solution to. How did you like how did you start this? Have you got a technical co-founder? Was it your idea that you then brought to a team? Tell us this kind of founding story of how it all came together. Yes, sure. So um, I led NLP um, innovative technology solution for my, in my past role for Deloitte. Mm -hmm. And one of my co-founders, uh, which today is the COO, he built a cybersecurity advisory department in KPMG. So he worked very closely with CISOs. And he did those manual, uh, uh, manual processes. Uh, and he was very frustrated from doing so because it was hours on hours of trying to manually map where the data resides. And an hour after they finished the project, they weren't able to make sure that the data stays the same because it's dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. There is always new data and the data is being changed. Um, and this was the beginning of Suri Data. And then we understood that we need to have the best NLP team. Um, and we, um, we, we met our uh, CTO, uh, together with the uh, Roi, our uh, is the professor from the Technion. It's the equivalent to MIT, uh, and we started the Suri Data. Oh my gosh! Uh, now we're um, almost a team of twenty people. Yeah, including advisors, and we're growing. <laughs> That's amazing. So how did you all meet? Did you put like a job advert on LinkedIn? Like, did you get introductions? How how did you come across these people? <laughs> You know, Israel is so small. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. So, <laughs> especially networking. in the technology community. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, networking is super important here, you know. Um, and I think that um, you have to know who are you starting this journey. Mm -hmm. um, so, Khaviv, the COO, I knew him almost eight or nine years before uh, we started to read data in the Yalor CTO, actually I met through a friend. So uh, I got great recommendations about him uh, and we decided that it's a good match. Awesome. And then we started the journey together. And then how did you decide to split yeah. equity? You don't need to tell us the exact figures, but just how you came to the conclusion of how you would split you know, the equity when you were starting, when you had these mm. co-founders that came on, because it was your idea and you're the CEO. 
um, and leading this company. But obviously you wanted to have this amazing team. Sure. So negotiation probably will be the, the right <laughs> word for this. Um, <laughs> hard negotiation depends who you're asking, but um, <laughs> I guess everyone is feeling the same. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, we decided um, because the idea was my, the first funding was also, was also from my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the equity is not um, as equally, was equally split between us. Mm-hmm. But I think that everyone's are really happy with uh, um, the decision that we've made uh, and the, how we decided to start it together. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, because many people ask this question in our Facebook group and the Female Founders Network and I've also seen it on a few other startup groups as I'm looking for a co-founder but I don't know how much equity I need to give away mm. and I just don't think that there is a a like black and white number hard and fast no, number yeah. it depends on your situation mm-hmm. and it all depends on your negotiations and making sure that everyone walks away happy I think that's yeah. the most important point is if someone feels underchanged then or shortchanged is probably the correct word for that <laughs> Depends on what country you're in. (laughs) Then um, then they're not going to be happy. Yeah. You're going to have a bit of like tension there. So making sure everyone's happy is good. That's awesome. I want to talk about one thing um, that you, we haven't talked about, or we touched on it a little bit, but I I want to know um, how much your culture inspired you to pursue this path. And I say this because we have a lot of American listeners. We have a lot of, we have a lot of listeners everywhere. Um, but a lot of people don't understand Tel Aviv, you know, don't understand the culture there and, or in Israel. And it is such an in- extraordinary culture. I mean, it's, if you look up technology, technological advances, you know, Israel is where they developed uh, the, f- the technology that Google eventually bought. Um, it was called Waze to develop Google Maps. It is the place where they invented the first ingestible video camera. It's the place where they invented the technology for voicemails. Like it, it's, it's such an incredible place. And it's also has this like unbelievable culture of service. Mm. Um, it's one of the places, the top places where um, they lead in saving people in the area from natural or man-made disasters. So like sending people to Mexico, Kenya, India, Turkey, even the U.S. So it's, mm. it's such a, a culture of, it, there's amazing work ethic, but it's also like innovation. Mm. And it's, I want to know how like growing up in this culture shaped you to become this woman today with this extraordinary company. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, wow. Well, I have so much to say about it, but the culture here is, Definitely a unique one, right? Uh, because it's not just the army and it's not only the services, but it's also the the way you, you're being raised. Um, I think it's also the political situation mm-hmm. and the, um, the security situation. You know, everyone here are so stressed. 24/7 from everything from the economy from the from the security from mm-hmm. for everything it, you, that you just can think of and we need to be creative uh, I think that from the day one from the day I remember myself uh, we, I was always taught to um, to think outside of the box there's not nothing that is um, 
the right routine. You know, okay. you always you you're always being uh, kind of trained and and taught to think that you should do what is best for you because there is no right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why uh, there is the Israeli chutzpah, you know. <laughs> uh, we say everything straight um, in the face. We're not fear of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're survivors. So uh, I think the combination is kind of a fearless because you know that Maybe you have less to lose, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not kind of a, a just one routine or one way to, to live your life. Um, you, can do, you, you can do basically uh, whatever you want to do. You want to go for the university. You want to go for the long trip after the army for uh, almost a year. You want to um, work abroad and then come back and then start your life. Everything can work here. Um, and this uh, open-minded and open, uh, um, I think, open to different ways and the culture of that you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to believe in yourself is something that... Um, is brought from school and from the army and then services. And um, I think it, it's along the way. And it's it's a combination of just everything that make you understand that you have to do uh, uh, what your heart tells you to do because mm-hmm. everything is so stressful. You can, uh, you have, you have, your family here and everyone can support you in such a small country and people are really warm here. Um, it, it's kind of a combination, chutzpah and warm people. It, it's really unique, right? I, I can describe it. As you mentioned, Tel Aviv is really unique. Um, the culture of sharing and helping each other. When I started this journey, I was amazed to know how many people are so eager to help uh, from their network, from their uh, networking connection, from their knowledge, from their experience. Um, I swear that um, every time I'll be able to contribute from myself for young entrepreneurs, I'll do that because it was really helpful for me. It really gave me the boost. It gave me the knowledge that I didn't have at the beginning of the way. And it's something that I'm for sure going to do. So um I think, I think that that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really shaped you. It's an awesome place for the sounds of things. Amazing culture. Yeah, it's interesting. It's crazy. That you say, it's crazy place. Yeah, it's interesting that you say like the the threats to security and this and that like actually spawns a culture of innovation. And it's like almost if everything is unstable, if you will, or if if everything could be shaken up at any moment, everybody thinks differently. It's an interesting take on it, right? Like COVID. Yeah. COVID shook everything mm-hmm. up and, like, changed behavior, like, mm-hmm. drastically. Right. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah. what's it like for founders in Tel Aviv in terms of getting funding? Would you say that because this culture is, you know, there's, there's nothing much to lose, do you think it's... Um, a place where you can easily have these conversations and get funding as a startup or is there like is the appetite for risk low and people are more you need to be proving that you you know got revenue generating and you you're not in like the completely early stage 
What was your experience like with that? So it's really different between different verticals. I think that in cybersecurity, in our vertical, is a bit different. Um, I think there is a difference between B2B and B2C and cyber and agriculture and medical. And every vertical has its own unique uh, um, kind of phase in in the fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for us, uh, we started uh, uh, the first funding for Suri Data from friends and family. Yeah. I think that for us and for the for the vertical, for the security, it, it was an essential step uh, because it, it enabled me to build a core team and achieve some initial traction. It was very different compared to the VC round, the one that we've just completed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was easier on the paperwork side, but more complicated on the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, explaining uh, the different uh, um, perspective of cyber startup to people they, that didn't come from this area, it's... It's a challenge, but it's a different challenge. And I think that it was really important because you show your partners and your future investors that you have the ability to convince people. And we raised them in higher amount uh, than the typical for friends and family round. So it was convenient when we started our next round mm-hmm. and it gave us enough time to improve our pitch and adapt uh, you know, to the VC language and get enough traction. Yeah, and I think uh, the COVID was just started when we thought to start our uh, uh, our next round or seed round. It was challenging because, uh, you know, the exact moment, no one knows how to act and what to do. And we took the time to meet a few VCs and, and make the changes that we need in order to uh, show up our pitch and uh, get readier for the round. Um, so that I think that that's a good tip. Um, yeah. You need to first meet the VCs that are less likely to invest in your company because of the stage, because of the vertical. I didn't do it, actually. The first <laughs> meeting was with one of the most known VCs. <laughs> uh, I think that by the time I got to know that mistake, uh, it was after the ten, 10 or 20 meetings that almost all of them were with the VCs that I wanted them to invest in us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, learned from this. <laughs> but um, I think that everything uh, ends up very well uh, in the end. Um we, we understood that our market is in the U.S., so we wanted to have a VC from, from the U.S. and from Israel. So we had the perfect combination from, from our side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just uh, you have to understand that you will get no's on the way. Um, and that's fine. Yeah, That's really fine. It's not something that you or your company, it's mostly it's because of it's not a a great fit for the VC or um, there are really huge, uh, a huge amount of reasons why uh, someone didn't invest in in your startup, but you just have to get used to it and uh, uh, maintain this roller coaster. That's the thing, because a lot of VCs say, you know, we can give you the money, but then we don't have the expertise in that field to really add value. And that's one of the things that you want a VC on board for is to help them help you strategically with introductions. They've got the experience from their portfolio. Um, would you agree? Have you had much input from your VCs so far or is it too early to say right now because you've just closed that round? 
Um, I can definitely agree with this. It is super important to have a VC that can help you. And we felt it from a week after we signed the SBA. Uh, we've already started to, to meet and decide uh, who are we targeting and what will be the best way to do that and what the network and what the connections and the intros that they can do for us. And it's super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, people always told me to pick uh, the VCs that I want to be engaged with. And it's super important. It's not like a marriage. It's even, even more tighter because you can't separate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can divorce. It's for good, <laughs> for the bad and, and the good times. And I think that, that it's really super important decision. So start with... Uh, with with uh, the visits that you think that's less likely to invest in your company. So Yeah, that's awesome. So what are the plans for the future of Surrey Data? What is, what is your strategy for the year? Let's, we're so excited for you. Yeah, 2021 is going to be an exciting year, I think. Um, we, we're expanding in the US, uh, new verticals, new areas. Um, hopefully, at least one of the founders will be able to move to the States, but I'm not sure if someone will want to meet us in person until today didn't happen. So <laughs> yeah. I'm still optimistic that it will in, in the end of 2021, at least. Yeah. Uh, but if not, we'll keep on Zooming. <laughs> yeah so zoom's just changed the game but i feel like everyone's getting rid of zoom fatigue at this point <laughs> yeah only so much screen staring that you can do <laughs> it was so great to have you and um find out more about Surrey data and also just all of your experience of funding and the, and the startup culture this is a really cool chat so thanks so much for coming on to the podcast thank you so much for hosting me it was really great and um thank you for the time Awesome. And then um, if anyone wants to find out more about your, um, about Surrey Data, where can they find you? On our website, surreydata.ai or LinkedIn, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to answer any question. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice to Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.